0: as well, unless you're completely fed up with online, and then you're like, okay, I need to get to an in-person one. Okay, let's pray just for a moment. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, and I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, you are here to minister to us. You are here to transform us. You are here to do something inside of us that we will never be the same again, and so I pray, Holy Spirit, transform and change. Minister to each person. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Okay, we are going to go to Luke chapter 13, verse 10. We're going to talk about flexible faith today. you got to be people that are flexible. Uh, Luke chapter 13, if you've got your Bibles, look it up. If you've got your phone, get it on your phone. And the reason being is maybe later on in the week, you're like, I don't know what to read. Well, then you can read some of the Scripture we read on Sunday, and something might spark, and you might go for a bit of a Bible study and learn more than you think. But Luke chapter 13, We're going to read it together. Really great story that I believe is going to speak to our hearts and bring transformation into our our souls. Here's what it says. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus would teach it in one of the synagogues. The Sabbath was a Jewish holiday. It was Saturday back then. We now talk about the Sabbath being a Sunday. It doesn't really matter, but the idea was they were at church. That's the basic idea. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Imagine this knife for a minute. She's 18 years crippled by an evil spirit. Uh, she's just being oppressed and battered by this evil spirit, and she's just bent over. It says she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity, which means sickness. Then he put his hand on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Wow, what a moment. This was a moment that would forever change this group of people, this church, this synagogue forever. But the best of the story has not even happened yet. At this point in the story, you're going, wow, this is amazing. I'm sure everybody's going to love it. I'm sure there was a praise party right after that. I'm sure they couldn't even continue on with the meeting after that because a woman who'd been coming faithfully with 18 years of an issue has now got healed in an instant and it's time to praise and it's time to party. Let's read what happens next. Suddenly, without warning, verse 14, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for works who come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath. You're like, Whoa, this is a synagogue leader, and he's just seen an incredible miracle, and he's like, We got to stick to the rules. This is not in the rule book. This is not what's supposed to happen. This is not on. He's just not happy. I mean, you've just seen possibly one of the best miracles you could have imagined. A person who's becoming faithfully to your fellowship, 18 years crippled, and then in an instant she's transformed and healed. This is a moment of rejoicing. But not for this guy. Says this, verse 15, here's how the Lord responds. The Lord answered him. Jesus said, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Wow. Uses that big word hypocrite. It basically just means this. You're saying one thing but doing another thing. Now, sometimes I've heard people saying, well, I don't want to come because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Well, the fact that you realize that you would be a hypocrite by doing that means you're probably not a hypocrite. You're probably just a person who messes up and you're trying to get better. Amen? So that's not a good reason. A hypocrite is a person who's oblivious to what they're doing and doing it anyway. And they're saying one thing and then doing another thing on purpose. They mean to do it. They know what they're up to. They're just like, I'm doing it this way. I don't care. And this is what happens to this guy. He's like, I know, I know what I say, but this is what we do. But the Lord says, I want you to do what you say. And then he continues on. He says, don't, don't you untie your ox and your donkey and bring them for water? Verse 16, then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what has bound her? Absolutely. Verse 17, when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things that he was doing. Wow. This is an incredible moment because there's such tension in the story. In one sense, you've got this victorious moment. In another sense, you've got complete humiliation. Like, what's going on? And yet, the more I think about this story, the more I think about myself, maybe the more you think about yourself. It's like you could have this unbelievable moment, and then the next you're like, oh, I don't know. Just like, bad day. (laughs) What? You just saw an incredible breakthrough. Yeah, I know, but uh, just my head, you know. It's like, we can be very complicated people. The Lord knows He made us. We can be very complex. It's like, we're, we're happy, but we're not we should be really glad, but we're sad. We're not sure why this, but that. And we can find ourselves going around in circles. And here's the synagogue leader, and he should be victorious, but he's absolutely raging makes no sense. It's absolutely crazy. And I want to think about this story today. And I want to ask you the question, how has your life been going recently? How's it been going? Maybe it's been really tough. Maybe it's been problem after problem after problem. Maybe it's been car, relationship. Maybe it's all those things and more. Maybe it's like you can't even put it into words. Or maybe for you, it's been brilliant. It's been absolutely amazing. One of our couples in church just got engaged yesterday. I'm sure they are in cloud cuckoo land. You know, it's just that good for them right now. You know? But there are other times where you're just like so not happy. It's just like things are not good. If you're an Irish rugby fan, you were probably crying yourself to sleep last night. It was not a good result. So life is weird. It has ups and downs. But here's what I've begun to realize more and more is that we need to be men and women, especially men and women of faith that are flexible because things are going to change. Things are not going to always be the same. Things are going to speed up. And when they speed up, you're going to find problems that you could never see before. And suddenly you're going to say, oh, wow, why is this? Why is that? Why is that? It It could be a problem that's going on inside that the Lord wants to deal with. Uh, Here's what I've noticed, is that this woman was crippled for 18 years, and all Jesus wanted to do was set her free. But some people weren't happy. You ever been in that position? It's like, I'm just trying to do good, but some people are thinking I'm trying to do bad. I mean, Jesus, I'm so glad He's secure, because in that moment, if that was me, I'd be like, am I missing something? Am I doing something wrong here? Because this woman was 18 years crippled, and I've just prayed and believed— And now suddenly the power of God has come and hit her. And is this not a great moment? Is this not a good thing? I mean, sometimes we have to check what's going on because we can be confused by the reactions of other people. But I want to say to you, what Jesus was doing was good, and he knew it. And instead of being confused by the men that would speak up, the leaders of the place would speak up. Jesus was like, I tell you what, I got to speak up for this woman because she was 18 years bound and now she's free. And Jesus knew what he was about and he knew what was going on. And what I've noticed is, as I look at myself and maybe you look at yourself, is that you're not always that. Perfect and so therefore you can fall into some traps and here's some of the traps I was thinking about from this story. you see, some of us still have a few problems and as a result then physical issues that don't seem to go away, they can continue to burden us. Maybe for you, maybe I think about me, moods and outbursts can still happen. I've been walking with God for a long time, but moods and outbursts that are not always healthy can come out of me. Can you believe it? <laughs> I hope you're going the same as me otherwise I'm feeling re- no it can happen. It can happen because we are going through a tough life, we are going through this journey of life, and stress and strain has an effect on all of us. Maybe for you it's problems we can't handle, and you've just got these problems, you're like, I don't know what to do with these things. Maybe we can get a bit mad and a bit self-righteous, that can happen as well. Or maybe we can find ourselves in wonderful moments of breakthrough, but all we can think about is ourselves. Church, what I really want to grab our attention with today is this God wants to break us free from ourselves so we have the flexibility to move when things change. And when things are good, we respond to it with good and we understand oh, that's really good, you know? It's like sometimes, you know, sometimes years ago you said to yourself, oh, oh, it was good for you, but I couldn't get there because blah, 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 And we start to make it all about ourselves. Instead of going, wow, that is incredible. I can't wait to get next time. It's like everything starts to turn back on ourselves. And guys, we got to get free from ourselves. We got to get away from ourselves in that sense because otherwise we are going to miss the moments of joy. Yesterday we celebrated Ari's fifth birthday. Uh, it went really well, in the sense of she didn't fall out with anybody, she didn't beat anybody up, and she played with, uh, let other people play with their toys. That's always a win when it's a five-year-old birthday. But can I tell you, I remember birthdays when I was growing up, and I thought they were all my toys, even when, no, when I didn't want to play with them or need them. The minute you play with them, they're my toys. Give me them back now. <laughs> It's like, in that moment, I really wanted my friends to be there, but at the same time, it's like, get lost. These are all my things. This is my party. It's my day. It's like it's all went to my head. And if I don't get it, I'm going to cry, and then I'll really get what I want. You know? This is this. Sometimes that's how we are. Sometimes that's how I am, and now I'm 40, not five. It can still come out. It can still be there. In church today, what happened for that synagogue leader was he thought he was the man. He thought he was leading strong. But on a day when it should have been a great day, it ended up being a bad day. Why? Because of him. It wasn't because of Jesus. It wasn't because of the woman. Everyone else was great, but it was because of him. And maybe inside your life today, you know there's some things going on. And you're like, ah, oh, no, I keep burying them. I keep getting rid of them. I keep, like, pushing them back, pushing them back, pushing them back. Or you're like, well, I know I've got a few problems, but you got way more. <laughs> like, and if you would change, I'd be a whole lot better. <laughs> What a lie that is. Because my problems I got to own, I can't own anybody else's. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to get somebody else to do something? Like you know how hard it is maybe for you to do it, but how hard it is to get somebody else to do it. You might have to use bribery. You might have to say, I'll buy you more sweeties. You might have to say, I'll give you money. You might have to say, you'll never have to do that again, even though you will, (laughs) like they will. But you have to do a lot of things to make somebody do just one small thing. So what makes us think that if we could change somebody else, that would make us better, it's just too difficult. But what if we were prepared to change? What if we were allowing, allowing God to change us? What if we were willing to present ourselves and allow God to work on us? I tell you what, you might find that the issues that someone else has are not a big issue anymore because you have changed, amen? come on. I mean, our problems are not locked up in somebody else because if they won't give us freedom, then we're stuck forevermore. Our problems are locked up inside of us. But if we would go to him and we would die to self and allow the Lord to deal with us, wow, we're going to walk and live out like Jesus. It's absolutely incredible. Now, here's what first point I want to think about today is this. Point number one, Jesus thought he had one problem, but it turned out he had two problems. He thought the problem that he had was a woman who was 18 years crippled, but it turned out he had a bigger problem. He had a leader who wanted control for himself, and he didn't want to give it to anybody else. He wanted it to be all about him, and so Jesus quickly realized, oh, okay, we've got a bigger fish to fry here. We've got a bigger mess to clear up here, and Jesus was willing and able to sort both of them. You see, 18 years this woman was crippled and bent over, but the synagogue leader was bent out of shape, and Jesus called him a hypocrite. Wow, I would not want to feel that one. That, that, that would not be a nice one, especially with Jesus in the room. You'd be like, oh, how did I mess this one up so badly? I'm supposed to be a man of God, and I've messed this up so bad. He's called me a hypocrite. That is a tough one to go down, and yet Jesus was speaking the truth. And maybe what got him so mad for this man was he invited Jesus to speak. This is the problem here. It's like, Jesus, like, I brought you in. Like, I I invited you. This was supposed to be a good day, and look what you went and done. But Jesus was not the problem. It was the man. Again, let me tell you a funny story. Have you ever realized that sometimes you're not human beings? You're actually like TV remotes. Uh, Just let, let me just show you just for a moment, just for fun. You, of course, you're a human being. But sometimes, maybe not that often for you, but definitely for me, sometimes, I turn into a remote control, and I don't even realize it. And then somebody comes along, and they say something, and my day has been amazing, but they just went ding. And suddenly, whatever they have pressed has made me go mad. And and I'm like, this is your fault. (laughs) Like, This is your fault. But they're going, what did I do? And they're absolutely right. I didn't realize it, but I had a big, fat, juicy button that if anybody pressed it, it would bring out the bad stuff in me. And I thought nobody else could see it, and I thought nobody else could get it, and I thought nobody else could do it. But whatever they said got me. Now, is it about them? No. No. Because just because somebody comes around and says, hey, Jamie, you're sick, it's not my fault. You're sick. I just happen to notice it. If if somebody comes along and pushes my buttons and I get mad about it, well, it's not their fault. They just happen to push the wrong button. But the button shouldn't be there. The button doesn't need to be there. The button could be given over to Jesus, and suddenly we turn a tiny bit more into the man and woman of God that he's called us to be. Come on, church. We have the power and presence of God, and he has transformed us in an instant spiritually, but we still have a bit of work and I to do in the natural. Amen. Hallelujah. But as we would walk with God and talk with God, he will minister to us. And what looked to be a terrible day for the synagogue leader was going to be a day that would forever change him. It was his decision, would it be a good or bad change? Will I stay mad or will I get better? Will I surrender to him or will I become indignant all the more and say, Arr, and keep on going? Don't let pride get in the way. You see, the biggest issue that was going on here was a control issue. Years ago, uh, we had a four wheeler. I uh, would love that four wheeler. Uh, now, I have to be very careful because my mom's here, but we didn't drive it that fast. Uh, maybe sometimes that was a lie. But uh, sometimes what I realized was the faster it got, the more out of control we became. It's just what happened. The more we hit that button, the more that thing would go, the more we realized, uh-oh, oh, this thing is 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 pretty quick. Now, a funny story one time was our cousins came around and they said they're going to have a go, and I said, go easy. You know you tell somebody go easy because you just know they're not used to this power, they're going to put the, the, the finger, it was like a thumb down, and then are going to go too quick. And so what they failed to realize was, if you put the accelerator down, and in a quad, if you turn the wheel at the same time, if you don't ease off the accelerator, you're going to go straight on. You will not turn. And what happened then was, they went straight on into the concrete post, and they wrecked my good four-wheeler, and I was not bothered about them at the time, but I said, you'll get better, but how am I going to get this better? (laughs) Because it sped up, and as that quad sped up, they got out of control, and here's what happens in life. You might be managing things. You might be making things all work, and you might go to the gym to make yourself feel better, and you might eat the right things just to make yourself in a good mood, and you might do all those things, but what are you going to do when the day comes when things speed up? Or you get a bill that's too much for you. Or you get a person that's a bit more controversial than you used to. Or you get someone that's just a bit more annoying than you're used to dealing with. And then suddenly in that moment, it's like, you're, you know, you start to get agitated. And now all the methods you had to manage your life, they don't work. And so what happens is you start to blame everybody else. You start to go, well, if they, they were away and they were away and they were there. Uh, my life would a whole lot better. Or maybe you start to utter those words, if I was just alone, I'd be perfect. <laughs> no, you'd just be alone. And you'd get more and more grumpy and more and more bored and more and more of everything. That wouldn't be good. Isolation is not our breakthrough. People are not our problem. It's something internal. And if we can get that sorted, and if we can bring it to the Lord, watch what He's going to do. He's going to transform and change us. And we're not going to have a problem with other people. In fact, what we'll start to realize, just like Jesus, can you believe it? We might begin to love them enough to die for them. Wow. Wow. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I think in some shape or form, what we do is we go, well, that's all right for him, but it's not for me. No, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Wow. And sometimes our biggest problems is not with the unsaved, it's with the saved. Oh my goodness. It's with people that are men and women that are part of the same body as us, that are our body, and we're in this thing together. And so there has to be a way out. Because if there isn't, well, heaven's not going to be that fun. It's going to be a whole lot of houses with a whole lot of high-rise fences, and don't come near me because we're here for a long time. No. God has made us to be one with him and one with each other. In fact, even at this moment, we are one body in Christ. If you've given your life to Jesus, it's a holy mystery. It's hard to understand, but that's what's going on. God is not designed to have multiple bodies. He's designed us to be all one in him. Wow. And when we begin to lay ourselves down, and when we begin to lay down our issues, you will suddenly discover that life is way better on the other side, far better than you can imagine, far better than you know. You see, out of control is never fun. For the woman, her body was out of control, pain, problem, 18 years. Uh, and, and when you've got 18 years and it's been blessed, well, then it's amazing. Like next year, it'll be 18 years of vibe. Can you believe that for anybody who's been around for a long time? Uh, it's for 2006 to 2024. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. 18 years. How did that happen? It, it, Jessica turns 12. Uh, she, wow, how'd that happen? I mean, uh, 18 years. I've been married 15 years last, this summer. it would be 16. I mean, wow, how'd that happen? It just just went so fast. But what if you've had 18 years of problems and issues? Then 18 years feels horrendous. It's like, guys, you don't even realize 18 years with the problems that this woman had. It's like, how early does she start in the day to get to church? Because there is no mobility car. There is no vehicle that can bring her in. She's got to walk. Like, how early do you got to get up to get to church? Like, how early do you have to motivate yourself? How early do you have to start moving to get in the right place to be there? Because this is 18 years crippled over. It's like every day, even to get out of bed, is it even worthwhile because the pain and the agony is horrendous? Now it's not 18 years that have flown by. It's 18 years, hard, hard, hard years. And so for her in this moment, her life was out of control for 18 years, but now Jesus brought order. And suddenly she got all that she ever thought or imagined. But for the synagogue leader, his problem was simple. Think about this now, guys, just for a moment. Think about this. For the synagogue leader, his problem was very simple. This is my house. I invited you. You do what I say. That, that, that's really what's going on. I, yep, yeah, I, I give it to you. Miracle, great. I love miracles, but they've got to be in the right days. Like, he had no problem with the miracle. It was just on the wrong day. Like, the, because this is my house. This is what we do. We follow the rules here. This is the, this is the way things work here. But sometimes when the Lord moves, he's got to bend some things. He's got to change some things. He's got to offend you to get the breakthrough that's needed. Sometimes he's going to have to go around you and you're not going to like it because you're like, I thought I was a big deal. I thought it was important. But the Lord said, hey, come on. I'm here for the sick and for the dying and for the broken. If you're a big deal, sweet, you, you go on about you. <laughs> I'm here for those that need me. I'm here for the lost. I'm here to bring transformation. I'm here for this woman because guess what? You're not the most important person in the room. She is. Wow. And it would be a big deal today, but it was an even bigger deal back then because she's a woman and she's crippled. Like she, she must have done something really bad to deserve that. That was the thought of the day. She's a woman as well, seen and not hurt. But for Jesus, you see, the man thought that he was inviting Jesus in and it would make him look good, but Jesus came in and made him look bad. And that's really what's going on. He's offended me. He stepped over me. He doesn't stand, understand order. This is my house. You do what I say. He had lost control. But here's what I love about the Lord. He can transform anything. See, picture the scene for the, the synagogue leader. Maybe he was the one that invited Jesus. Let's say it, it's a pretty good high chance that he was the one that made the decision. It was all going so well. You know, you've got Jesus. This is the man. Everybody wants him. You've got him in your synagogue. He's preaching this. Great. I'm sure it was a great grip, grip message. And all was going so well until he did that silly thing of pointing out that woman. It's like, why do you have to do that? See, my problem started when he pointed out her. I wouldn't have any problems if he didn't point out her. But the mistake that he made was he always had a problem. He just didn't want to see it or couldn't see it or didn't need to see it. But in that moment, Jesus confronted him because he said, Sir, I'm here to bring freedom. And I love you as much as I love her. And I'm not going to come out of this place without giving everybody an opportunity to get the freedom they needed. And for the synagogue leader, he just could not see it. See, suddenly everything looked great and was going great. Then the woman showed up, and it must be all about her. And there are people in that room, and and for him he was going, all we want to do here is come in, go with the, you know, make a safe place, worship God, and then go home. That's all we do. It's like we keep it simple here. We move on. We, 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 we keep it the way things are. But for the Lord, he was coming for the woman with 18 years of a problem. He was coming to bring breakthrough. That's who he was after. I mean, church, why are we here? Is it, are we here just to go through the motions, just to get to the other side, just hoping for a big mansion in glory? Or are we here to get our hands dirty and realize that if I can get better, I can be better? If I go to the Lord and I allow him to transform my heart and even those murky, dark parts that I try to hide and get away from and get around. But if I can let him deal with those things, then I know I could be more effective in the kingdom of God. I know I could be a better person to be around. I mean, could you ever imagine being around Jesus and not being uh, like some positive environment? Even if he confronted you with your sin, it would still be the right place for you. But what about us? Are we prepared to go deeper? Are we prepared to go further? Or are we just going to take the cheap shots and go, it's her fault? Because that's not the problem. It was him that was the problem. And so, whatever those buttons are, if they get pressed, that's what's coming out. I think there's a key from the story, and our worship team is going to come in just a moment. But I want you to remember this. A synagogue leader is a mighty man of God. He's there because he's a mighty man. He's not a businessman. He's not just somebody on the pews. He's, he's the guy. He's the man who set this thing up. He may well have been the guy that even established that fellowship. He's been the, the training. He's, he's it. He's the, he's the guy. But can I say to you that if there's something going on and you know about it or there are issues in your life that you need to deal with and you keep bearing them, that, it, that they're always going to come up. They're always going to come back. And they're going to come back at the worst moments. I mean, I want you to remember the line from earlier on. Here's what it said. Is what it said in the verse from earlier on. It says, then they should, it said, she was a daughter of Abraham whom Satan had kept bound for 18 years. And in that moment, Jesus sets her free. But even that was not enough to wise him up from his senses. In fact, that's what got him mad. And so church, I want to say to you that you can keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. But then when the miracle moments come, you could miss them. Because of your own personal issues. And, and everybody else could be living in revival, but you're living under, under a tree going, woe was me. Come on, everybody else could be flying. Everything else could be going, but, but, but you're just dis- disconnected because there have been issues and problems that you just have not fronted up and dealt with. And you blamed everybody else. But everybody else is not the problem. And so this 18-year problem got dealt in that one day. But she realized it and knew it. But the Lord came to her, came to him, and he corrects. And I want you to see what he does. He says, you hypocrites, don't each of you allow your animals to go for a drink when they need it on a Sabbath, but you're not gonna give this woman her victory, and I'm here? Church, think about that now just for a moment. Why would the Lord compare a woman to an animal? Well, it's not his decision he wouldn't do that, but he did it because he wanted to prove a point with them. He wanted to prove a point with the synagogue leader. He wanted to say, you don't see it, but really you value the animals above the woman. Wow, wow. You don't see it, but, but because of your dysfunction, because of what's going inter- on internally in you, you don't see it, but you're, you actually value your animals more than the woman. You're actually more correct. You're actually more righteous with taking care of your animals than you are seeing victory in this person's life. how much had he missed it? How, How much had he missed it? And he's the guy who's close to God. He's the guy who's bringing people to God. But how much had he missed it? And I want to say to you, how much could you have missed it? Have you missed it? Did you miss it? And what are you doing about it? Because the Lord is here and he's saying, hey, I want you to go into that room. I want you to go into that room that day and say, where are you? Where are you? Because when the Lord moves, sometimes things accelerate. And sometimes things get fast. And sometimes things get messy. And the rules that worked before will no longer work. And the things that were good before will no longer be good for this moment. You see, what Jesus was really going after in that, at that time was legalism. He was saying, if you keep all the right things in all the right places, then you're going to get the right breakthroughs. But it does not work like that, church. The best way? surrender. Surrender to him and allow the Lord to work through your life. Come on, let's stand together. See, Jesus spoke to the woman, and suddenly in that moment, she got flexibility that she could only dream of. But for the man, he he couldn't see it. He just couldn't see it. I don't know what happens him after that, but the sad reality was the people were rejoicing, even when the leader wasn't. I don't know what was going on in his heart. I don't know what was going on in his mind, but he just couldn't see it. He just couldn't feel it. And I want to pray today that you could come to him. Maybe it's a fresh for the first time in a long time. Maybe there's a speck in your eye and the Lord just wants to deal with it. Maybe there's just something going on in your heart and the Lord just wants to pinpoint it. You see, the good news of this story is no matter the problem, Jesus can fix it. No matter the problem, Jesus can fix it. He could fix it the woman, and he can fix the man. The decision is ours. Do we recognize what's going on or do we come to him? Or do we hold on to it for dear life and hope that no one sees it? Give it to him. Come on, we're going to pray. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. And I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word that reveals the motives of our hearts. I thank you today, Lord, for the Word of God that brings transformation and change and allows us to see things and feel things and and realize things that maybe we couldn't see before. Lord, once we know the story, we can't unsee it. The real problem in the room was the man. It was not the woman. But Jesus came and he brought breakthrough. Lord, I pray in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, that we're able to go from this place to the next place or another place. And instead of going jealous or begrudging or envious of another, we're celebrating them. We're winning with them. Instead of going from one place to another and going, well, hey, if they would get out of my way and and he would get out of my way, everyone would be better for me. No, come on. We're not going to live like that. We recognize that God wants to do a work in me. And if I've got buttons, then they're my problem. And he wants to take them away. He wants to resolve those issues. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would speak. I pray today that you would just do something deep in each one of our hearts so that we may never be the same again. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we worship you. Guys, I, I wanna invite you today. We've got a moment here, we're gonna, we're gonna play, where the guys are gonna, they're gonna worship. But I wanna invite you, I, I wanna say to you, there's a crazy part in that story about humiliation. It said that after the Lord had spoken truth, all his opponents were humiliated. Humiliation comes from the word humble. It's a fine line, eh? You're either going to be humble or you're going to be humiliated. It's a very, very fine line. And there's something about a Christian that understands what it is to be humble before the Lord. What it is to be, you know what? I have everything because he gave me everything. In my own self, I've got nothing. And it's not about self-pity. And it's not about some false thing. It's about some real thing. Where you realize, man, I've done the work with God and I realize that without him, where would I be? But with him, look what I can do. And we start to realize how incredible and how amazing he is and what we can accomplish and what we can do because the Lord is with us. I wanna invite you. We're we're just gonna, the front is open and there's nothing really that special about the front, but there's something about that step where you take it, that that humble step, that, that step of humility that can just really break the work of the enemy off your life crazy part of the story as well is it says that she was a daughter of Abraham. It makes us think that this was a believer in Christ. The, this, this woman was a believer. But somehow, in some way, this demonic presence was oppressing her life. And she needed victory from it. And Jesus that day gave it to her. I want to say to you, what do you need victory from? Is it from you? Is it from yourself? Is it something else? I want to invite you to come. I want to invite you to come. And, and this is, we're just turning this into an altar today. It's going to take humility to come that's what it's going to take and humility sometimes is hard but remember the alternative is humiliation I don't want that Lord I want to be humbled I don't want humiliation I want to come humbly before the throne of grace because I know the Lord is wonderful and good come and join me I'm going to be here as we sing as we worship come join me as the Lord is speaking to your heart don't hold back let him do all that he needs to do in Jesus name Amen